0: Hi, uh, welcome back to the Multiverse Cartographer. This is, I believe, uh, part 17, or episode 17, or something. Um, so you might notice a few things are different, for example... This is vertical, so if you're on your phone, it's perfect for you. If you're on anything else, it's obnoxious. That's why I didn't go vertical for years, and years, and years, and years. Uh, But I recently started going vertical on chicken philosophy, which is, uh, well, check it out if you want to. Um, Today, in following up, I broke with the formula last time. The formula wasn't so good. I don't like it. I didn't like it. Um, but I did it anyway. Which was to write up an entire script and then read it to you. But I'm like looking at the screen and then occasionally looking back at you. I don't have one of those uh, <clears throat> teleprompters. <clears throat> and uh, so it just it works better with a teleprompter. That's why people have teleprompters where they're looking at the words and you don't see the words, but they see the words and they're looking, reading the words off the teleprompter while they're looking through it at the camera. Maybe one day I'll get one of those until then I should uh, not do scripted content. That's my opinion on the subject. Um, But last time we broke with the formula because I did a recital without um, a commentary. And I think it's been a few months since then. So the, the Multiverse Cartographer project kind of fell off at that point. But I thought, um, I thought I'd come in and do a commentary. Um, so, But one thing real quick, quick announcement. One thing I was doing all that time is writing out those scripts and then trimming them down so that I could put them in an appendix section of um, this book. The New World Empire and the Interdimensional Coffee House. I've decided not to do that. For one thing, it'd make it like one and a half times this size. (laughs) And it's just me saying, okay, this means this, this means this. If you want to know what it all means, you can watch this series. Otherwise, if you want to read it, um, I mentioned earlier, don't buy this book until I say buy this book. So this is the official announcement that this book is finished. The version on Amazon right now is the final version. So buy this book. It's uh, The New World Empire and the Interdimensional Coffeehouse by Edward Reeve. And I'll put a link in the description. This includes the small gray mouse, um, smaller mouse, the multiverse cartographer, and a bonus fourth section in which you can read my sort of original short story-ish that I wrote when I was... Twelve, I think, called Ruler of the World. And uh, just for fun, here's a clip of me reading a little bit of that. I stood there with what wasn't left of me, thinking about everything. Everything that had ever happened to me in my life. The strange thing was, everything I thought of, immediately afterward, I forgot it. I would try to remember what I had just thought, and I couldn't. I thought about my entire life and forgot it at the same time. Yeah, that was right around... Well, that was... That was like nine months after I wrote it or so, nine or 10 months after I wrote it. That's, that's how old I was and that's what my voice sounded like. Anyway, um, okay, enough about that. So contained within this, as I stated, is this, a small game. mouse. So there's a lot of illustrations in this. It might seem like, why is this 30 bucks? It's because it's full of high resolution color images and I couldn't make it any cheaper than that. Um, here's just one example. Okay, so Larry the Librarian, what's it about? It's about me, of course, especially anything where the protagonist is named Charles is about me, um, pretty much directly, uh, though usually abstractly, metaphorically. At the time that I wrote it, I was in the process of destroying my old life in order to dive headlong into the unknown. In other words, it was 2017 before I left California. And those who know me outside of this Multiverse Cartographer series know that in late 2017, I left California. And long story short, I ended up relocating to India where I've been ever since. That's where I am now. I'm speaking to you from India. Isn't that wild? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Depends on your definition of wild, I suppose. But so at the time, I wasn't, you know, feeling too hot. <laughs> um, I I had this thing, and I, maybe I mentioned it on here before, when I was a little kid, I was a little bit aware of the story of Lord Buddha when he was a young prince, 29-year-old prince, um, and how he left it all behind. He left his palace walls and went and sat under a tree and lived as a beggar, basically. And uh, I determined that if I ever wanted to end my life, If whatever was going on... And then this is like when I'm like five years old, by the way. I'm having these thoughts. Not to say, oh, yeah, I was a young genius. I mean, I was, but that's not... I'm not like... Meaning to emphasize that. The point is that... I concluded that if it ever got that bad, I would just climb out the window and walk. And... Because it's better to be a wandering... Beggar, homeless person, uh, than to it was nineteen eighty four or something. So we didn't say homeless person yet. We would say beggar. It was after hobo, before homeless person. So it was beggar. Um, yeah, better to be that than uh, than you know no longer be alive, right? So that was that was what I one thing that I uh, took away from my early learnings about the life of Lord Buddha. And uh, you might notice I call him Lord Buddha. That's part of living in India. That's uh, a, a term of respect that's given here that's usually not given in a lot of Western countries. Uh, so it might sound odd to your ear. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, in 2017, uh, that Those were some emotions I was having. Those were some feelings I was having. I wasn't quite happy with my life as it was. And I concluded that I would buy a one-way ticket to Nepal. And then kind of as a last-minute thing, before I bought the ticket to Nepal, I was talking to my friend in South Africa and... I told him, you know, I was getting divorced, and he said, so am I. And I'm like, holy cow, really? What happened to you? And we were exchanging stories, and then I was like, you know what? Before I go to Nepal, I'm going to come see you. So I bought a ticket to South Africa and spent 10 days with Kay and and his friends, the gang. Here's a picture. (laughs) And uh, that was fun. Then I went to Nepal. And uh, anyway, but Larry the Librarian was a moment in time the whole going down into the earth and all of that was had a lot to do with the way that i would lead my shavasana in my yoga classes that i was teaching at that time Um, i would have people lay down and connect with the cement building they were in and through the cement and concrete and you know steel beams connect with the earth it was a crunch fitness usually and um then to connect through the the bedrock and the mantle all the way down to the core of the earth the white hot core of the earth and then have them release everything all thoughts and feelings and everything from their day everything from the year everything uh, thoughts anxieties about the future or just think thoughts of the future the idea of the future, the past, whatever. Um, To let it all just sink down through the steel and concrete, through the bedrock, through the mantle, down to the white hot core, at the center of the earth. To return that energy to the earth with gratitude and trust that the earth would purify it. And to breathe the sky, to feel the ocean current moving in their veins, to feel the the stuff of the earth and their bones. And, um, so, <clears throat> so that was a lot of the inspiration behind kind of the idea of Charles, uh, going with the creepy man down to the center of the earth. Now, originally when the creepy man came up, um, I mean, when I originally wrote it back in 2015 or th- 14, whenever it was, um, I didn't have any backstory behind the creepy man. I just thought that if, uh, if such an interdimensional coffee house was open to all dimensions, not just in a Rick and Morty sense where it's uh, things just like this one or brightly colored things with lots of orifices, you know, in a very comedic way. Um, <clears throat> but you know, whatever that there'd be these, uh, what's the word? Uh, c- chthonic the, the word for, you know, the, the ancient, um, sort of gods in the uh, Lovecraftian universe. Um, chthonic, is that the word? Anyway, so yeah, the creepy man was meant to be something like that. There's some kind of ancient creepy thing that, of course, the coffee house translates translates everything into human form for the, for the humans. And so he comes across as the creepy man in the gray suit. So it was 2017 that uh the idea came to make the creepy man um a receptacle of all the knowledge of an entire universe in its twilight uh period in in toward the end of its life and then the idea came to make um that planet or the beings on the, in that universe the impetus for Charles the Great to create the coffee house. Now, I think that was not really emphasized at all anywhere in the mass books or the multiverse cartographer, but that was there as an idea. I don't think I ran with it. And uh, <clears throat> so there you basically have have the pi- the picture of me in around June or whenever it was of 2017 that I wrote it and um, was teaching yoga and the crystalline structures in the center of the earth, and uh, and the uh, the the feeling of being ready to just give it all up and plunge into the unknown, to walk through a door out of out of the known universe into the unknown universe, and I didn't know what I was in for. It turns out, obviously, it's a lot more down to earth because India is an actual place in present time, not an alternate universe, but. For me at that time, having spent 39 years in California, it might as well have been an alternate universe. And so that's basically uh, what's going on with Larry the Librarian. And um, I made it the last chapter of the mouse books to kind of end with a punch. Um, You know, there's the ironic twist of, you know, is, is he gay? You know, it's like, sure, why not? He, he figured, you know, he's one of these however many eight septillion versions of himself, so what's the point of even existing when he'll continue to exist regardless of what he does, or a form of him will continue to exist regardless of what he does? And so he decides to go off with the creepy man who wants to mate with him and kill him. So it's like, hmm, did he want to do that? Was that a secret hidden desire? I mean <clears throat> it, he he does the the least intuitive thing is kind of where I was in my you know the reader's interpretation is is as valid as anybody's and you know from a David Lynchy perspective I shouldn't even be explaining any of this but I'm not adhering to his uh philosophy in what I'm doing obviously by making this playlist the multiverse cartographer playlist um so yeah he just decides to do the the, the one thing that gives him a little spark of like Oh, that would be freaking insane if I did that. If I actually took him up on whatever that offer is. I'll do that. (laughs) The most extreme thing, which for me, the most extreme thing was to sell all my possessions and give them to the poor. No, uh, I did give away a lot of stuff, but no, I instead uh, decided to relocate and um, whatnot. So... Yeah, so it starts off with him meeting this arrogant version of himself. So they, yeah, yeah, there was a bit of that going on too where it was it was sort of the high I was on from having gotten in shape. And I, I talked a little bit about this in the Carl Jung part of the uh, chicken philosophy. I think it was the Carl Jung. Yeah, I'll just point to it and I'll f- allow editor Edward to figure it out later. In that episode, I talked about the uh, the mana persona that that uh, that I embodied after integrating the anima, maybe a little bit, sort of. It's it's what Carl Jung said reminded me of that was uh, was sort of this like very you know overconfident person I became after uh, after getting it together, kind of um, that that caused my life at that time to crumble and fall into rubble. And so there I was sitting in the rubble and, uh, and sort of reflecting on this other Charles that, uh, that had crumbled it. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember, there was a gap. There was at least like an almost a year gap between whatever the previous chapter was and the Larry the Librarian chapter, and um, then I ended that podcast called um, the uh, the Interdimensional Coffee House or the Coffee House and Interdimensional Odyssey. I think was the original title with Larry the Librarian. Uh, but the previous one was where he he divided himself into uh, bazillions. I think there were two episodes exploring the different versions of Charles that occurred after he rolled the dice, so the quarter, the dice, all that stuff, and uh, the, the Charles with the quarter that was just so excited that he had the quarter. Then, so it was in around June of 2017 that I decided to take that Charles that I'd already created a year before, the very, oh, I've got the quarter, I get to decide when we all turn back into one, and have him... Fly up and land on the island with, uh, with this Charles that was having a very serious, somber conversation with, uh, with this particular Clara. And uh, so the one with all the power, meets the one with no power, and of course, all of them have no power. But this is the one that knows he has no power, and. Uh, And he has this resentment against the version of himself with the power, which at that time would have been a reflection of me looking at myself a few months earlier when I thought I had it all figured out. And I mean, speaking from uh, 2023, looking back at this process I went through in 2017, I'm very glad I went through the process because uh, if I hadn't crumbled that tower, I would still be living in it and I would not be here in uh, in the life that I have now, so he changes his mind. He meets uh, the creepy man. The creepy man turns out to be a black sphere. There's a bit of backstory from the perspective of the creepy man, i.e., the black sphere, i.e., part of the consciousness of the crystalline structure, the sphere that that is around the uh, the last orangish embers of the of the fire, the campfire of this of this dying planet in this cold universe of vast space. And so it, it's kind of like, at the same time, an, an answer or a, a process of uh, finding, uh, finding solace in the knowledge that the current scientific consensus, basically, is that... Uh, the most likely outcome to this whole universe thing is that in trillions or quintillions or whatever of years, uh, whatever this dark energy is will have uh, separated everything out so far that you won't even see anything in the night sky because everything will be so far apart. Um, And if there's any record or idea of there being other galaxies, there'll come a time when people will doubt that and say, well, I don't see them, you know, they say that they're there in the records, but, you know, deep fakes and CGI, I don't know, I think NASA made it all up or whatever the equivalent in that future, hypothetical future will be, people will doubt that there are other galaxies and then eventually doubt that there are other stars and then eventually doubt that there's their own star when it becomes a, uh, a brown dwarf or when it, you know, just isn't there anymore, if there's even anybody to think about these things. So the idea is that this crystalline structure is the descendant of all of us, or the descendant of whatever life, whatever can be called life, now, uh, or some new form of life that uh, hasn't even gotten started yet, and uh, and they and they have begun to doubt the existence of the others, even though they contain all of the memories of everyone that they've ever been in contact with in their. Uh, in their ancient past. So so Charles, me, this Charles character, merges with that ancient universe being and creates a new being. And then uh, in the original recording, there was some music from Ghost in the Shell, of course. Uh, those who haven't seen it, the protagonist merges with a with another being. Basically, it's a good thing. It's a good show to see. But the, the movie, the not the Scarlett Johansson, the anime movie is good. I've seen some of the uh, the series shows, and some of them I liked, but uh, the more recent one, it's just too much like that 3D CGI. I couldn't get into it. I tried. It like takes place in the desert in Nevada. And I was just like, I couldn't. Their mouths are like, um, um, while they're talking like I'm talking now, and it's just, ah. Uh. I can't. It's uh not close enough to the um that valley, the uh you know you know what I mean? Anyway. Um now the previous, by the way, the previous episode you might have if you watched it to the end, noticed it was dedicated to my friend. It said for Celine, that's Stephen Salim Wright. He was a good friend of mine. I I mean I gave him his orientation to join the Golden Dawn. What's the golden dawn? Here's the Esoteric Nerd podcast. That's too much information about all that. But anyway, uh, sadly, I never interviewed him for an episode. But uh, yeah, he's a very, very intelligent guy. Um, neuroatypical, I think, is the uh, yeah. I'm, I, I I don't know enough to be able to say specifically what uh, where he was coming from, but extremely intelligent and uh, struggled emotionally. His, his family made it clear after after I put out Larry, the librarian, and dedicated it to him. Um, if, it, if you thought it was implied that he had ended his own life, his family clarified he did not. Uh, but they don't know exactly what happened. But anyway, um, he was someone who I knew for certain was watching this series. So he watched uh, 1 through 15 and then his life ended. Um, so now I don't even know if anybody's watching this. But uh, so, yeah, I miss I miss him, he's a good guy. Um, <clears throat> so what else? Uh, yeah, it make, makes reference to, thanks to Clara's manipulations, a young uh, Charles Rubin was left unsupervised long enough. So the idea is she's omniscient, and I mean, it, it, she's making sure that dots connect that are meant to connect. Because she would not exist if all of these things didn't happen. If uh, you know, she made sure that uh, Charles went back and gave the right advice at the right time to Blythe and 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 Charles the Gray for them to uh, rescue Simon at in just a particular time and place and way. In order for her to exist, um, she, uh, you know, showed showed the creepy man, or rather that ancient planet, uh, Charles's face when he was a young boy um, in chapter one of the multiverse cartographer, and uh, in order for it to become obsessed with him so that later he would merge, this version of Charles would merge with that ancient consciousness and become Larry the librarian who was someone she already knew so she knew that Larry the librarian existed and knew how he came to be and she made sure it happened so she's she's quite an interesting uh, character to, to think about um, she's one and she's many she goes back and forth when she sleeps when she sleeps she becomes one and when she wakes up she's many Uh, but all of them though they have their human issues that have been uh, talked about um, and they they have certain human very human traits uh, they are uh, a a replica of Blythe at a particular time in her life but they have 16,000 years times all of them uh, for those who've Seen the recent episode of uh, Invincible? It's sort of like uh, duplicate, making reference to if you add up all the years of all the versions of me that I've lived, it's at least two thousand years, even though I'm only twenty. You know that kind of thing. So Clara has sixteen thousand years of life each for each Clara. So if you multiply that times uh, eight sextillion, then then you have the number of. Uh, years of experience that she has and uh, we saw her in her very first moments when she realized where she was, who she was, and what she was and uh, saw the other Claras on the other islands and then we see her 16,000 years later where she's completely at ease with being the barista of the coffee house and that's just what she is, that's her role. She has her uh, room inside of it and then there's the library where Clearly that's where uh, Larry the Librarian lives. So there's a lot, of, a lot left for you to think about uh, that I don't just come out and say. Like, what is it like to be Larry the Librarian? Who is this guy? The guy at the end that looks like Charles but older and has white hair and the memories of Charles and the memories of an entire universe. Um, and how is it that he's a librarian in this vast library that includes apparently every copy of the Multiverse Cartographer of which there's again uh, eight Sextillion? So, uh, you know, there's some TARDIS physics happening. Though obviously Doctor Who was a big uh, one of the main inspirations behind um, the coffee house itself. Uh, this version of it, anyway. That. Uh, came about when I decided to take the idea of the Astral Coffee House and make it the Interdimensional Coffee House. Anyway, um, so, yeah, like I said, I decided to, rather than script something and read it to you, I decided to just kind of off-the-cuff talk about Larry the Librarian. And and, uh, moving forward, I will um, read and talk about the rest of, there's only a few more chapters left of a uh, multiverse cartographer, including the mouse books. So in other words, the New World Empire, and the Interventional Coffeehouse. So I will read those in upcoming episodes. And uh, Larry, being his name, for one, it's sort of a, just a comedically normal name. It, normal in the past, it's less normal now. Um, it's sort of a Gary Larson, Far side ish kind of <laughs> name. It it strikes me that way. But also, it's uh, a callback to Larry the Biker. And there's an interesting kind of dynamic there where uh, there's, there's a lingering guilt for what I did to Larry the Biker. Even though he struck first, I struck back harder than he struck me. And then I was left... To stew on that and feel guilty about that, and I make reference to that a little bit in the Art of Tell series, talking about doing black magic before I took my oath um, when I was sixteen. The oath was when I was sixteen. The black magic I was fifteen, and uh, so yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then check out Larry the Biker, which you can find in. The New World Empire and the Interdimensional Coffeehouse, along with a lot of other things. So this is, this includes all the everything that I've read to you on this program and everything that I'm going to read you on this program, plus a lot of other things that aren't related to either the uh, New World Empire or the Interdimensional Coffeehouse. Um, I'll just read a little bit of an example. <clears throat> uh, the Gooey Bubble of Graven Images... When I was 12, my dad and I walked from 81 Vista Circle up the canyon to the dam. I told him I thought I was getting a little closer to discovering what, I guess, for lack of a better term, would be my religion. So there's stories like this, like Larry the Biker, and like The Last, and like uh, Thoth, or the Thoth Parade, uh, which are just straight tellings, as far as I can remember, of events that actually happened. And then there's other stories that are silly, and other stories that are made up, and more thoughtful, and a lot of different kinds of things. And then mixed in there is also the uh, the New World Empire and the Interdimensional Coffeehouse stories. So again, link in the description for that. And uh, yeah, so Larry making Larry the Biker into Larry the Librarian. I mean, it's interesting to me how uh, one can have the urge to want to glorify the oppressed, especially when they're the ones who oppressed them. And this can be reminiscent in things like um, a person who's descended from those who wronged the native people of what we now call America. So... Just to be clear, we're talking about, like, for example, the Aztecs, or, you know, if someone's of a Spanish background and they think the Aztecs are the best. Or if someone's from a, a, a British-descended background and they think that, um, you know, uh, who were the ones that were—the Apaches, or, or whatever, the, the Native people in general, just kind of lumping them all into one as if it wasn't multiple nations and multiple cultures— And saying that they are the wise ones, they are the ancient ones with the true wisdom that nobody else has ever been able to fathom. Um, So, yeah, there's a similar thing there because, I mean, what happened was was, you know, a British person maybe was deciding they were going to travel west, and then some Apaches came and attacked them. So they attacked them back, but they had better weapons, they had guns and stuff, and they killed all the Apaches, and then settled in the west and said, ha, mine. Then they had kids, the kids had kids, the kids had kids, the kids had kids, and the kids had kids, and those kids are the ones who think that, uh, you know who 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 listen to Dead Can Dance and get teary eyed thinking about the uh, the Native Americans that were wronged by their own ancestors and think that they're the ones with the wisdom. I'm just drawing a parallel. I'm I'm not mocking that or anything. That's a thing that happens, and that's the best example I can think of and the closest to home. Um, and I can see that pattern in retrospect, looking at how there's a chapter called Larry the Biker in uh, Smaller Mouse, which is in here. And at the end of s- the small gray mouse, there's a chapter called Larry the Librarian. And they're both Larry, and it's no coincidence. So those are my thoughts on Larry the Librarian. And uh, I hope that you enjoyed this uh, episode of the Multiverse Cartographer podcast and the Multiverse Cartographer YouTube channel. And, uh, and yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this again until, until I'm finished. Maybe I'll just do one chapter at a time instead of trying to cram two and three into each episode and I'll just off the cuff talk like I am now. And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's all out of me. And again, feel free to check out chicken philosophy, which I'll put there and, uh, I will bid you. Uh, A wonderful, wonderful day and a wonderful week. Until next time.